Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Hello, and welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. My name is Josh Sweeney. And I am Taylor Barnes. And today we're going to be talking about quota carrying managers. Have you ever met a quota carrying manager? Oh, have I? <laughs> yes, I have. I have met plenty. I have employed many. Always a good topic. I want to hear about your story with this, Josh. Yeah, sure. So I've seen this many times as uh, many of my friends know. I've done hundreds of CRM implementations. But this specific story is I, I go into this uh, organization working with the manager who's managing three, about three salespeople. And they're not leveraging the CRM. They're not leveraging the tools. And I'm, I start asking questions, right? So, you know, how many calls a day do they need to make? How many, you know, what's the idea of the client? KPIs? What right. are the KPIs, yeah. right? So I'm going through this and looking at, you know, how does the CRM facilitate him getting the metrics he needs? Mm-hmm. And I won't get into the metrics side, but the first problem was there weren't a lot of them. Uh, so yeah. the quotas weren't clear, you know, for metrics, for activities, et cetera. That's a podcast for another day. Yeah. Um, but I come to find out this is a quota carrying sales manager. Mm-hmm. And most of the quota for even the team is hit by this manager. And he's not in the office every day because he's out hitting the quota that he's getting compensated for. Right. Yet somehow he has to manage these three people. Yeah. So let me ask in that example, um, I'm assuming that he's like, you know, most salespeople that have got quotas that the majority of his personal income comes from getting 70, 80, 90, 100 or 150 percent of his own personal quota. Exactly. Yeah. It's not from getting the team quota That's or right. the rest of how, you know, it's not what we think as a normal manager of you're a sales manager. Your whole role is to help them hit quota. That's right. He has to hit his own to get his comp. So I'm going to go on a whim here. If he's <laughs> got this amazing opportunity that may be a little bit outside of his territory but it's landing in his lap. You think he's taking that himself or you thinking he's going to pass that over? Yeah, he's probably taking that himself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's tough one, man. Well, that's that brings up, you know, that brings up a couple of issues, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the issues that uh, a business deals with from a quota carrying sales manager? So you just highlighted um, who gets what lead, right? right? This amazing opportunity. So you tell us a little bit about that situation where yeah. you know you might have seen that before. So over the years, we have we have done both. We have done both uh, that a sales manager will you know carry a quota his or herself, and they will have um, you know some employees report up to them. Now, at the end of the day, their jobs are not different. They have the exact same job. They are, they, they want to account manage, they want to prospect, they want to lead generate, they want to close business, they want to create revenues and margins, and they want to gain their quota and get paid on their quota. They have the exact same job. So number one, just practically speaking, a sales manager and a sales person in that role have the same day to day, right? If you wanna take it a step further and get a little more granular into it, perhaps that sales manager has to report back on some numbers. But practically speaking, those numbers are already on the boss's dashboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so really what is at that point, what's the sales manager value at at that point? And, and to me, what we've learned from is it's really more of a team lead. 
you know, yeah. someone there to provide mentorship, someone there to provide guidance, someone there that, that can help the development of, you know, uh, their you know uh, business development strategy or go-to-market strategy someone to bank some ideas off of but it's really more of a team lead yeah than it is in your traditional sales manager sense so that example you just had where their day-to-day is almost exactly the same yeah. as the sales rep with a little bit more oversight right all mm-hmm. it is 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 a quota carrying sales manager is this extra person that the other salespeople go to that's been given authority that's right but still is selling yeah yeah that's right and and that in there lies the problem. Because if you were to look at a, you know, a, an effective sales manager or an effective sales leader, we can list off lots of things, lots of qualities that individual should have. But the driving factor is driving sales, is driving opportunity, right? So there are plenty of sales managers effectively that, that do a great job by just keeping their finger on the pulse of those lists that you were talking about earlier, you know, and monitoring when certain opportunities get closer to the finish line. And a good sales manager will, of course, from a people point of view, be able to motivate and do things like that. But when it comes to the, the business, in my opinion, they should be focusing primarily on driving the sales for their salespeople and helping their salespeople actualize their quotas. I mean, think about yeah. it. Would would you, as a sales manager, if you that means that you probably have to set your own quota. That's a little strange, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. so, or somebody else that's not in sales is making up that quota for you. That's it's right. coming down on high, right? Yeah, we it, see that. that. That's right. <laughs> and they don't necessarily understand what it's like out there in the, right. in the trenches or in the field. So that just becomes a little bit awkward. So what, what's also to risk there is you, you might understand your day-to-day and the risks associated with your sales and the challenges and the obstacles. Well, most likely those are going to be the exact same for the people that are that are selling with you and if you don't if you don't have a way of delineating that then then really who's to say that you're the best person to hand out quotas for people that have your exact same job right you know so let's talk about kind of the psychology and a little bit about what breaks down yeah. very quickly when somebody when somebody has to carry a quota and be a sales manager. Okay. So, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is there's a lot of excuses, mm. right? All of a sudden, somebody's not hitting quota mm. or a salesperson isn't hitting quota. Management's going to the sales, quote unquote, sales manager here that's quota yep. carrying yep. and asking them why they're not having success. Yeah. And, but they don't, you know, they don't even have time to manage people, right? right? Because they're doing two roles. They're doing double and triple duty and selling, managing inside and outside of the office. You know, there's all kinds of psychological issues. So what else do you hear other than like, okay, well the excuse of, well, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. just wanted me to go hit the number and I had to do it myself because I'm the expert or I've been here the longest. You know, what are the other psychological impacts that that people don't think about as as sales leaders or business leaders that cause issues. Sure. So you brought up a good one. Now, many times when, you know, in, in the past, if we had a quota carrying sales manager and we noticed their team was roughly at 70% and we learned that a few of them were at zero, a couple were at 80 and then the sales manager was at 250%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that a red flag? That's a red, <laughs> okay. a red flag. So, you know, for the most part, the psychological effect on on that is, is probably a heavy burden on the actual team members. But the sales leader at that point has a, 
has a, a, a is kind of stuck in their argument because they're like, well, I killed it, right? I crushed it, <laughs> I did my job. What are you coming at me for? You know, yeah. and then. They get so wrapped up and, and they, you know, and then they start, I don't want to go too off topic here, but if they, if they have such a great month and they're starting to, you know, really believe in their own hype or if they have such yeah. a bad month and then they, you know, think that they're awful like most salespeople are, well, that's going to translate psychologically into the other individuals that are working for him or her. Then that demotivation or that false hype that comes a lot with these big anomaly months, yeah. they're going to be affected by that. Well, let's talk about, you brought up a good point around the demotivating the other salespeople, right? right. So you have this quota carrying manager crushing theirs, making money. Yeah. That's the manager. But as a sales rep, I would say, well, you know, I'm trying to hit quota, yeah. but I can never get any help because the person who has all the knowledge, they can help train me or help me close a deal that I, that you may not have the experience to close or the knowledge to yeah. close is never here. It's too busy doing their thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's exactly right. And, you know, so when you talk about the, you know, the psychological effects of something like that, I would say for the most part that that does come down to the individual salespeople that are reporting in that example to the quota carrying sales manager. Yeah. It is very, very tough to sit there as a sale because I've been there. I've been there in my early days where my manager had a quota as well and he was killing it and I was not. <laughs> right. And I was thinking to myself, how does this make sense? Like, if if he's doing so well, I never see him. He's just out and around. He'll he'll you know right. maybe come back and ask me you know how is how's it going. Yeah. But for the most part, his focus, his passion, his energy goes to his own book of business, and I don't blame him if that's where the majority of their income comes from. Why well, that's would, what they're gonna do? Why wouldn't? Why yeah. would you ever think that they would take a break from that and go focus on trying to generate the next level of salesperson? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, it's just a common thing that people don't understand. People look at these systems in sales organizations and they think, all right, well, if my most talented salespeople want to become sales managers, this is going to be great. This right. is going to be awesome. Which is a whole nother podcast yes. because there's a lot to talk there's about a lot to talk around about that. Uh, where where people go in their career path and why that's a often a bad decision. Right? That's exactly right. And so, so yeah. So from that perspective. Um, what about the situation or, or actually I want to get into what causes this, right? Okay. So what I hear most often is, well, I need to make my sales manager a quota carrying manager mainly for budget reasons, right? It's really difficult to take. Like I would say number one I hear is I can't take and hire a sales manager that only manages because I can't afford it, uh -huh. right? So you get into the situations we just talked about where you can't afford it, but on the flip side, you're paying a bunch of people that are underperforming you can't afford a manager that's right, right. so so there's there's a question around whether you can or can't really afford it because of mm. who it all is affecting in mm. down downstream right yep uh, the other reason i see this happen is i have heard you know where somebody goes oh well we only have two salespeople or three salespeople on that team and we hired experienced people so they don't need a manager right mm -hmm. which i've also found kind of interesting right? yeah. so they're like well they don't need a manager so we'll give this manager a quota <laughs> right. and i'm like well i mean for me personally i know i don't believe in that right. i think if you want if you expect something from people everybody has to be have some sort of oversight and accountability so, and accountability Absolutely. and expectations and, yes. and you have to uh, you have to really expect those and show them it's like on, a, on an ongoing basis. Exactly. Right? It's like yeah. saying the president doesn't need the cabinet. 
Right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's complete I mean, nonsense. The cabinet's experience. They <laughs> exactly. know what they're doing. Right. So why do I need to show up and manage them as a president? Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it doesn't work that way. It does not <laughs> okay. work that way. So that what you just said was really good in terms of the I can't necessarily afford a manager to come in and not sell because uh, we, we're not there yet. And look, that very well might be accurate. But if you're starting a business, a lifestyle business, and you just want people to come in and you want everybody to sell and just go sell and you're maybe selling that somebody, somebody as an agency that's there's another party delivering everything else, all right, well then that's, that, that's very possible to happen because if you don't sell anything, you don't make anything. And if you right. do, you move a ton and, that, and that's really it. But if you want to create a business, an actual business, you can't afford not to have someone monitoring, accelerating, and holding individuals accountable for what is forecasted on the P&L. Yeah. You can't. That is a requirement. And that's where leaders and sales managers are, I'm sorry, that's where team leads and sales managers are different. You know what I mean? Sales managers, they're like project managers. You know, they're ultimately responsible for the success of their group's performance throughout a period of time. Salespeople and team leads have full-time jobs and sales managers have full-time jobs. Doing the both just isn't sustainable. So for the sales leaders and business owners listening, what you could really do is you could say, we're looking for a sales lead or we're looking for a team lead. Yeah. And that is a quota carrying salesperson mm. and they can start to transition into the need for a manager at a later point in time. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but normally when you make somebody a lead, that's not a big salary change. Yeah. Right. It may be a little bit of a change. You, but also so you get to you get to slowly form into what is the reporting structure? Yeah. What uh, right. dashboards does that lead need to work mm-hmm. through and look at? And you get to take a step into seeing the lead instead of making a leap all the way to the manager right. that you can't afford. Right. So there's yeah. a there could be an interim step. What are some what are some other ways that if somebody says you know Josh, well I love what you're saying. I understand why we need a, a sales manager, but we we can't afford it anyway. Yeah. So you got team leads. What else? What are some of the other options okay team leads are you know the, the one that comes to mind you know completely but, but when you look at you know um, junior and senior salespeople that's maybe another aspect and let me give you an example to make it a little more clear so we've got um, you know multiple salespeople that that work their accounts and then draw a line and they say this is all that I'm going to manage this is it anything else that comes through the wire or comes through as a referral or comes through anywhere else I am going to give to my salesperson now there's merit in that there's merit in in being able to to stick to your region or stick to your territory and really draw the line and then if your accounts are kind of doing their own things and doing them so and then you can actively pass and and generate you know some leads for some other salespeople then 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 you'll be okay there it's just I, I, and I and I say this to, and I hate digressing on the subject but I've just experienced <laughs> so much and I, and I and I've and I've seen so much pain associated with this because there is not a delineation yeah. between the both of them you know and if you're going to be successful 
in this business. I just, I, I implore everybody listening to make sure that there is a difference. So what you're saying is I can't take a t- uh, a salesperson and then make them a lead and then expect them to continuously increase their, and continuously increase their quota right. and expect them to hit it, right? I need to say, it's good enough that we pay you X and your quota is Y and all you have to do is maintain that and the extra money that we're giving you maybe as a base goes to spending your time on this. Exactly. And if you go over that, we're actually going to ding you as a manager because you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. So their cops still really good. Yeah. They still get results, but they start to transition into you know, helping the team be exactly. successful. Yeah, and you and you nailed it. That's why there's got to be some sort of, you know, we, we talked about KPIs, you know, early on. Um, there's got to be some sort of, you know, goal or metric or something put in place that that team lead, if they are truly responsible for the, for the management of their teams or whatever, that they have got to be held accountable for the growth and development yeah. of the other team. And maybe that's comp driven like you're mentioning, or or maybe that's, you know, an override of their sales. It'd probably make more sense to have you know, an override of their salespeople's, you know, gross margin attainment. So if those salespeople on their team make money yeah. and are successful and hit certain quotas, right. that lead gets some extra bumps, yes. basically. Absolutely. So it incentivizes them to instead of saying, I'm the hero, I'm gonna go make more to go train more salespeople and yeah. pass off to them because actually the overrider bump could be more than what they would do on their Potentially, own in, yeah. the, in, in the right situation, yeah. right? And, and that's yeah. that's usually something and I've seen it go both ways. I've seen, you know, the, um, for instance, I've seen personal, mar- for team leads, I've seen their personal margin commission structure go down and I've seen their teams go up. Yeah. So the more that their team generates, the more that they make. Yeah, so right? it's a dual comp. And it's that's an a individual really comp. nice transition a team into comp. full management. Right. Yeah. And so that's a, that, that's a really good structure there that, that, that's been effective. Because look, I mean, <laughs> tell you what, the Bible was pretty right all those years ago. Your treasure is where your heart is, right? <laughs> so you're going to put your heart and soul into, into whatever is going to generate the most you know, dollars for yourself. And if that, if that is currently living with you, then that's where you're going to focus. Yeah. That's the problem with the traditional quota-carrying sales manager. But if it lives within your team's development, your team's gross margin attainment, your team's revenue attainment, whatever that is, well, then that's exactly where you're going to pull your heart into is yeah. developing the next level of, you know, the next generation of sales. And I'll tell you what, Josh, that's absolutely a healthier way for an organization to scale and grow their talent and as sure as hell of a good way for them to retain their employees. Yeah. I know another one that comes to mind for me, you know, going back to the challenge of, okay, I can't afford this sales manager. What do I do? Um, the, the other one that comes to mind is as a founder mm. or as a manager of a department that's growing this sales team or putting this into place, you have to grow. Oh, yeah. Right? So I know I've had many situations when I started my first company or, you know, my first multi-million dollar company. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't know how to hire salespeople. Right. I didn't know how to manage them. I knew I knew a lot about sales from my background and yeah. being in CRM space and, and a sales engineer. But what I had to do was I had to buckle down and say, you know what? I'm going to go read. Jeb Blunt. I'm going to go read yeah. predictive, predictable revenue. I'm going to go read all of yeah. these. And I think that's one thing that people skip is, okay, if you want the sales to be successful and you can't hire a sales manager, there's only one sales manager left. And that's, and that's you. you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well said. You know? Well said. Yeah. And, and you got to bite the bullet. I mean, it's painful, totally. but you got to bite the bullet. Uh, absolutely. And then, I mean, talk about 
talk about a risky situation, right? Yeah. You put a left-brained, heavy analytical, heavy operations guy in charge of sales and business development, <laughs> that's going to be pretty tough, right? right? Uh, I mean, obviously a topic for another day, but that's why it's so important for founder-led organizations to have multiple skill sets at the top level. You know what I mean? We've seen it so many times where just, you know, four incredibly talented salespeople run the organization and have no clue how to deliver on a or stick to a process that's going to sustain yeah. and, and scale, right? Yeah. On the other side, you've had these heavy operational minds that just don't really understand how to talk to humans, you know, which is kind of a function of sales. And, uh, and so as long as, you know, I don't want to get too off topic here, but all those things together, to your point, if you as an organization are not able to hire a, a sales manager based on the fact that that sales manager is not going to be carrying a bag, I agree with you. There's only one person left, and yeah. that is you getting involved to carry on some of those responsibilities. Yeah. So obviously, kind of in a wrap-up, we're, mm-hmm. we're both not big fans of quota-carrying sales managers right. by management title. Yep. So some of the workarounds are, um, you know, find a team lead, yes. you know, and, and work out the comp plan around that team lead. Uh, team goals, mm-hmm. right? So you can have some team quotas, right. even across, I know we didn't talk about it as much, but I mean, you can not have a team lead, you can have three salespeople, but have a team quota where they're incentivized to help each other, yep. right? So that adds some accountability. Um, and then you can just buckle down yourself and know that you're going to have to run some metrics on a recurring basis and step in and, and do some sales training on your own yep. until you can scale the business to a point to afford that manager. Yeah. Is that pretty accurate? I, I, think, I think you nailed it. And, and a takeaway, a hack that these sales uh, or these organizations can do, my favorite is the one that you mentioned first, which is transitioning that sales uh, quota carrying manager, transitioning him out of his own book of business into the team's book of business, right? So from a compensation point of view, perhaps you make his own book of business more of a house account and pay him accordingly, but maybe not as much. And then you make the growth and the, the development of his team, aka the sales team quota, much more of his, uh, much more of a percentage of his overall income. Right yeah. now, the, the the long-term benefit of that is that eventually you're going to get probably going to get a sales manager, you know, and you've probably at that point given yourself a runway to be able to afford that sales manager, assuming that that team performs. So I think that's a really good takeaway. Uh, for for people to to look into. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed uh, the information about quota carrying sales managers. I'm throwing that up in air quotes here. Um, And all the challenges. We understand the challenges as well from a financial perspective of what it really takes to have a sales manager that that doesn't carry a quota. So we hope you enjoyed all the options that we provided and look forward to hearing from uh, from you and getting your feedback. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.